I see a lot going on in the world around me, and I see a lot of problems. As a high schooler and a 16-year-old, I feel like I can't really change anything. But science is a powerful tool. Project 80 is a group of students from the Pingree School. So Project 80 goes directly to data from scientific experiments. Goal of Project 80 is to get the average person to think about science and think about how it impacts their lives. Science is a powerful tool. I am Project 80. This is Sarah Moseson, Lindia, Charlotte Kernan, Josh Metzger, and this is our attempt to use science to change the world around us, change what matters. So what does it sound like when a teenager doesn't get enough sleep? You ready? This morning or yesterday morning. (laughs) This morning or yesterday morning. So I woke up this morning after, wait, no, wait, I forgot what I was going to say. Okay, I got it. Restart. Ready? So I woke up this morning after. Okay, so I know sleep is important and everything, but what about my life? What about going to college? What about getting a job? What about having kids and being able to be financially stable and everything? What's a couple of hours of sleep when I can work and I can get to where I want to be? It's going to be a replay of everything, and you can tell I haven't gotten a lot of sleep because I don't know what I'm saying. What's the value of sleep? So, Amy, what is sleep? Wait, what? You know, the thing we do every night. What are we doing? Well, we go to bed and we close our eyes and we fall asleep and we dream and we wake up, you know, eight hours later. It's really quite simple. Right, but do you realize that for eight hours every single day, your consciousness is disabled and your body is paralyzed? What do you mean? So, when you're sleeping, your brain is doing many of the same functions as when you're awake, except you're unable to move and do the action because your brain paralyzes you. For example, if you're running in a dream, it's as if you're running in real life, except you can't move. University of Toronto neuroscientists Patricia Brooks and John Peaver actually discovered and published the mechanism behind this in their study with rats in which the neurotransmitters, GABA and glycine, turned the specialized cells in the brain that allowed muscles to be active off, which causes the body to be paralyzed during sleep. Then, how do you explain sleepwalking? Well, there are some disorders where the paralysis function in your brain while you're sleeping is broken, so people end up running around. Or, for example, if you watch your dog, its legs might be moving while it's sleeping. Oh, okay. Now that we know what sleep is, why are we studying it? Well, Sarah, not getting enough sleep is a really big problem. For example, in a study published by the CDC in 2009, only 31% of high school students reported getting at least 8 hours of sleep a night. And lack of sleep can lead to a bunch of problems like deficiencies in your immune system or disorientation, and in some cases, it can even be deadly. For example, in another study by the CDC, between 2005 and 2009, drowsy driving was responsible for an annual average of 83,000 crashes. So what are you guys even talking about today? Okay, so we're going to break it down into three parts. The first is procedural memory, and that involves things like riding a bike. The second is how sleep enhances your problem-solving skills. 
like with math problems. And the third is about the dangers that are associated with not getting enough sleep. Sick. Heart attack. Amy, how about you start us off by talking about the first thing, how sleep affects our procedural and implicit memories. Sure. Implicit memory is difficult to describe learning. Things like riding a bike or throwing a football. So think about the first time you learned how to ride a bike. Slowly but surely, you figured it out. That's a skill you have for the rest of your life. That makes sense. So procedural memory is your body's ability to remember how to do an activity and then to later in the future do that activity again. And sleep actually enhances your ability to do this activity. A postdoctoral researcher at the University of California who published a research paper in the Journal of Neuroscience, Inouye, studied the mechanism of how this enhancement of memory consolidation happens when we're sleeping. She stated, quote, Hippocampus input activates selective memories during sleep and causes a replay of specific memories. During such memory reply, the corresponding synopsis are strengthened for long-term storage in the cortex. End quote. This means that when we're sleeping, memories are being moved from your short-term memory to your long-term memory by moving from your hippocampus to your neocortex. But it's also been studied that sleep enhances your explicit learning with this same mechanism. Let me explain explicit learning. Explicit learning is when you're actively trying to take in information that's presented to you. And this happens when you're in the classroom. For example, your teacher is talking and you're asking yourself questions trying to make sure that you understand. In a study published in 2004 by Robertson at the Beth Israel Medical Center, it was found that sleep better enhances explicit memories over other types of memories. So what does this mean? If you're ever staying up really late trying to remember facts for a big test, you're explicitly learning. What this information is telling us is that at this point, you would actually benefit and remember more from going to sleep. So don't pull that all-nighter. So, Sarah, what did you mean when you were talking about how sleep helps your problem-solving skills? So, Amy, are you in a math class right now? Yeah, pre-cal. Okay, so do you find that challenging sometimes? Yeah, math is really hard. It's not my, not my strength. And have you ever woken up in the morning and tried to go back to that problem that you just couldn't do and realized you actually know how to do it all of a sudden? Yeah, sometimes. That's what I'm trying to get at. You've taken in that information, and when you sleep, that information is reorganized in your mind. So you can solve that tough pre-calc problem. So Sarah, do you want to talk about the dangers associated with not getting enough sleep? Sure, and to do that, I'm going to tell you a story. So this is 17-year-old Randy who decided one day to do, for a science experiment, a sleep experiment. And so what he did is he tried to stay up for 11 days. And what happened is after the first couple of days, he was just groggy. But then as more days grew on, he actually started having these hallucinations. One example is he thought he was a football player, this big football player. Meanwhile, he's this 130-pound little boy. This obviously shows that without sleep, you're going to have some problems. Amy, will you explain why Randy had these hallucinations? Sure. So when you're awake, you're taking in and you're processing information 
from what's going on around you, from your hippocampus to your cortex. And one of the processes that happens while you're sleeping is that you're transferring information from your short-term memory to your long-term memory, and that goes from your hippocampus to your cortex also. However, when you're sleep-deprived, these two processes happen at the same time. The transfer of information from short-term to long-term interferes with your ability to process your current information, and you start seeing weird visions. That was a great explanation, Amy. So from here, where do you think researchers need to go, and what should they look into next? There's just so many different things to look at in sleep. I mean, obviously, it would be really cool if we did know the exact amount of sleep that we needed in order to have the best enhancement of our daily lives. I think rather than think about where researchers should go next, we should think about where we as high schoolers and we as people should go with the information that we have so far. We should first just take a step back and look at our lives and think, what is a way that you can get more sleep? If we just look at our habits, we can actually find ways to get more sleep without sacking off on the things we have to do, like homework and studying for tests. So is there anything else I can do? We always hear that the best way to improve your sleep is just to find ways to get more of it. But sometimes when you have an AP calc test the next day, it's really just not possible. So what else can you do to get the benefits of sleep? Well, you could improve the quality of your sleep. And how to do that is just to get off your computer and get off your phone. I'm serious. Your electronics use blue light, which researchers have shown throws off your circadian rhythms or your internal body clock. So maybe do your computer homework right when you get home from school and do your math problems later at night without your computer. But if you have to use your computer, you have to use your phone. There are apps and features on our devices that can help limit your exposure to blue light before going to bed. One of them is Flux for your computer, which adjusts the brightness of your screen according to the level of sunlight at that time of day. There are also settings for your phone as well. By looking at our life, we can see that there's a lot of distractions that prevent us from getting our work done as quickly as possible. Just by eliminating these distractions like social media, we can actually get our work done quicker so that we can get to bed. So we've told you what sleep is, why sleep's important, and the benefits it can bring to your life. We've also given you advice on how to get more sleep and given you tools to improve the quality of the sleep that you do get. Now it's your decision to take this information and do what you want with it. Thank you for listening. And for more from Project 80, go to project80.org or like Project 80 on Facebook.